Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. I hope you're well. It is a little after 11 a.m. here in the UK, and uh, I'm here. See, there we go, sitting in my hotel room. And uh, I hope that you tuned in last night to day one of the Global Missions Week with Prophet Hubert Angel. It is an honor and a privilege to be here with him. Uh, and yes, I know we didn't have CDTV like we normally would last night, but my word, did we have a time as the prophet expanded the word of God and I was able to throw some of my thoughts into it. So uh, I wanted to jump on. I'm going to be live streaming periodically throughout the week. Um, but I wanted to jump on, say hello to you all, see how you're doing. And uh, drop me a comment. Let me know where you're watching. I know that we are live on Facebook and, uh, and YouTube. And we're also live on Periscope this morning. I'm not going to keep you too long as my computer goes into overdrive with uh, live streaming here. I hope the signal's pretty good because I'm not sure how strong the Wi-Fi is in my hotel room. But I wanted to, to just come and uh, bring a little update, bring a little word to you, um, see who you, who's watching, uh, how you're all doing, and uh, just connect with you for a few minutes. I was uh, Pastor Ronnie. I trust that you're well, sir. Good to have you on. You know, I was sitting here in my hotel room last night, and it was late when I got back from the studio. Um, and something the Holy Spirit spoke through the prophet last night really affected me. Um, really got in my mind, got in my spirit. And it made me think about who I am and what I do in this thing that we call ministry and... Uh, and being able to um, to just fulfill the calling of God. But what the prophet spoke was, uh, oh, thank you, sir. Brother Donald, I, I appreciate it. You know, I love the prophet beyond words. He's an incredible man. And I'm truly honored that uh, he's my friend and my brother. I know very few people have that privilege, and I don't take it lightly. Um, it was. Uh, I, it's a blessing to be here uh, this week with Prophet, uh, Prophet, and Prophetess Angel and the whole of the Good News world. It's as good. This is going to be a phenomenal week, really phenomenal week. So um, the Prophet was talking about the treasures that we lay up in heaven, and uh, I said something to him. Uh, we, uh, the, the the broadcast went to a, a little video of the work that the Hubert Angel Foundation does and when we were talking in the whilst the video was playing i said to him you know sometimes we can get so involved with with uh the layaway pro plans that we are the all the finance the credit the car the the house the furniture the, the phones the, the devices all of that we get so involved with the layaway that we never have time or the resources to prepare for the laying up of riches that we should store up in heaven. And it bothered me. It really bothered me. So as I'm leaving the studio last night, the Holy Spirit really began to convict me about the things that I've done in my life and the direction that I, I'm trying to take 
the vision I believe God has given me for what we do with CDTV and and the stuff that we're doing. And I really had to get before the Lord and repent. And the reason I'm saying this is I, I want you to understand something. That even those that stand in the pulpit are not above repentance. Are not above making mistakes. Are not above uh, becoming so involved in the vision that you're bringing. That you can miss God in it. You can become so involved in building this thing that you call a vision that it so very quickly becomes the work of your hands and not the work of the Lord. So as I was driving back to the hotel last night, I really began to just cry out before God and, and repent because I realized some of the stuff that I felt like we should be doing as a ministry and for me as a minister was not about fulfilling the vision of God and the, the calling that God has called me to, but it was about meeting my own desires, my own wants. And we have to become so central of focus to living a life that's purely focused on Him that the desires of our heart, the things that we want to do, the things that we want to accomplish, are the very things he wants for us to do. And to be in that position means that there must be a constant conversation. Deuteronomy 4.36 says, Out of heaven you were created to hear my voice. So we know that God created man for conversation. But that conversation reveals things. See, your conversation with another person reveals your character. It reveals your intentions. It reveals the purpose of the conversation. But our conversation with God must also reveal the intimacy, the fellowship, the commitment, both to God and to the vision that he's given for each one of us to fulfill. So I'm driving back to the hotel, as I was saying, and I'm crying out before God about examining my own heart about the things that I want to do. And asking the Holy Spirit, is this really what you want for my life? Is this how you want me to do things? Or do we pick up with a good idea and then what so many other people do, we get the word, we slap a bit of scripture on it, we change the verbiage and the vernacular that we use to sound more spiritual and suddenly we call it God. And I know so many people that fail in their life because they're running with good ideas and they try to make the word of God and the will of God fit around their desire for their life instead of submitting their life to the word and the will of God and living, as the prophet was teaching last night, in the perfect understanding of what God wants for their life, for you to have, for you to do, for you to be. Now that word in the scripture, in the, in the Greek, is very, very key. Because we think about perfect as being Christ-like, being flawless, without spot or blemish or without mistake, any of that. But the word perfect in the Greek language means mature. It means seasoned. 
it means well-versed, well-aged, well-experienced. So when we come to, as the prophet was talking last night about having a perfect understanding of the mysteries of God, it means that we've become well-versed in them. We're well-seasoned in those things. When Luke wrote what he wrote, Luke was a man that was well-seasoned in the things of God. He'd walked with the, the apostles. He, he had a, a, a first-hand witness of the living Jesus that's still alive. Make no mistakes about it. I heard a preacher the other day, very famous preacher, talking about you cannot believe without doubt that Christ is Lord and Savior. And I'm like, dude, you need to sit down and shut the heck up because there is no way you cannot believe without doubt. So I was thinking about this. And what is, you know, we, we talk a lot in, in the New Testament church about the, the, the permissive will, the perfect will. Well, if we're talking about perfect will in, in correlation with what the Greek explains per, perfection to be, we're talking about mature will. So would the, the permissive will be the things that God allows us to get away with in his will because we're immature? And then we transition into perfect will, as, as so many preachers and theologians put it, because now we have a maturity. We have a maturity of spirit. We have a maturity of understanding. We have a maturity of, of um, you know, faith. Or are we trying to find human terms to justify a scriptural position? In other words, are we trying to make God, his will and his word, fit our philosophy? for life or is our life's philosophy subjected to built upon foundationally structured in the word of god the will of god so much so that everything we do becomes almost to use a very poor terminology but one that best describes it is what you're doing today an act of god you know they talk about insurance companies talk about certain things that you know you can't claim for if you have um let's say i don't know say a, a a lightning bolt strikes your property and destroys part of it insurance companies are reluctant to pay out so they categorize this as an act of god something they had no control over if your car gets washed away in a flood they call that an act of god because there's no human understanding for what causes these things to happen. So we must apply that same principle to our life. Is what I'm doing today an act of God? In other words, is God so central to what I'm doing and so powerful in what I'm doing that whereas I have a choice to be a participant in this life, in this act of God for my life, I have no control over it because in the maturity of my faith, everything I do is an extension of God in the person of the Holy Spirit in my life. Every word I speak flows not from my heart, but from the heart of God. Every thought that I think not, doesn't come from my own carnal intellect, but comes out of the mind of Christ in my life. In other words, what we should be doing 
is moving ourselves towards what the writer to the Hebrews wrote about. Can we not move on to perfection, spiritual perfection, maturity? For me to grow into a perfect understanding of his mysteries, to me, for me to grow into a perfect understanding of his will, his ways, the, his operations, his thoughts, his words, means that I must become well-seasoned. I must become matured. You know, I love steak. It's no good saying I don't. I absolutely love a good steak. But if you give me a fresh steak, compared to a 21-day matured or a 28-day matured steak, I know which one I'm going to choose. Why? Because the thing that has the maturity, the steak that, that has been matured, has so much more to it than the piece of meat that was cut from the cow today. So God is looking for us to develop maturity because the thing that has been matured in our life, in this case our faith, our faith walk, has so much more to it than if I was just saved today, if I was just in the kingdom today, if I was just meeting the Christ and, and opening my heart to him today. Why? Because in my maturity, I become well-seasoned. I, I, I I, I'm aged to a better state, to a higher state of perfection. And what's really sad for me is, I began to look at some of the things in my own life, some of the wants, the desires, the things that I feel we should be doing as a ministry and for me as a minister, and realizing that these are the baby food elements. At this point, after almost 29 years of preaching, I should have known better. I should be doing better. I should be thinking better about these things. And I'm saying that to encourage you, because I only ever preach about my own life. I only talk to you about my own experiences. And if I'm feeling that after 29 years of preaching, it's my 29th anniversary of preaching in November. So let me just say 29 years. If I'm feeling that way now, that I should be focusing a lot more on the things that God wants, instead of pursuing my own desires, my own wants, my own whatever you want to call it. How much more that every single one of us should get before the living Jesus, should spend time in intimacy with the Holy Spirit and ask him, what is it you want for me to do? What is it you want in my life? What is it you desire that I should be, do, have, become, rather than me pursuing something that is of my own, na my own nature, my own flesh, throwing a bit of scripture on it and trying to make out it's God? See, I've learned this in 29 years of preaching. When I start something, I have to finish it. But when God starts it, he's in it from the beginning to the end because he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. So far better that we move towards having an understanding, a perfect understanding, as, as Luke writes in his Gospel, of what is the will of God for our life, the things of God for our life, the, the um, desires of God for our life. And in having that, that we do those things rather than becoming so obsessed with the wants, the havings. You know, I said to the prophet last night, and I stand by this, 
One of the things I've learned in this life is there is a massive difference between success and significance. We measure our life in terms of success, but none of us stop to measure our life in terms of significance. Success is all about what I can get. Significance is all about what I can give. Jesus lived a life that was completely significant because everything he did was about giving back. It was about giving of himself to other people. It was about giving the God in him to this earth, giving his life in the ultimate sacrifice. We, we talk about glory, the glory of the Lord. And the problem with that is our concept of glory is very different to Christ's concept of glory. See, our concept of glory is fame, it's notoriety. Jesus said, now is the hour, uh, uh, now is the time and, uh, 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 and the hour is that the Son of Man should be glorified. But his glory wasn't fame. His glorification wasn't notoriety. His glorification wasn't publicity. His glorification was to be lifted high on a cross. For us, glory comes in fame. For him, glory came in death. So what is it, what is it that you are glorifying in your life in regards to the wants, the desires, the things, the stuff, all of that? What do you glorify? And when you give it glory, is it that you are nailing those things to a cross? Or are you seeking the notoriety for what you have? And I can use a very, very simple example. Uh, this will sound ridiculous, but I, I speak from my heart because I know Christ has so much more for every single one of us when we get to a better understanding in him. Uh, several weeks ago, I decided I'd like to, to get a new car. And now, I, when I say new car, I don't mean brand new. I never buy brand new cars. They're a waste of money. But I decided I wanted to, to get a new car. And I set my, my sights on the car that I would like. And yesterday, I was, I was driving down the road to the hotel, and I was following uh, a car from the same manufacturer. And I was looking at it. And I talked to Prophet Angel about it yesterday. So this is a recent conversation I had. And we joked about the fact that, you know, we, we were talking about how close we believe it is to the Lord coming. And, and here I am saying, and I said to him, you know, I said to God, just let me get it. Even if I just drive it for a minute, just let me get it. And I'm driving down the road. And I got a perfectly good car. Nothing wrong with it. So it's older, but nothing wrong with it. And I'm driving down the road and the Holy Spirit says to me, do you really need it? And when the Holy Spirit asks you a question, you better believe it's because he's got something else in mind. So I said to him, no, I don't really need it. I want it, but I don't really need it. And it plagued me all afternoon, sitting here in the hotel, driving to the studio last night. I've been thinking about it again this morning. I want it, but do I really need it? And the this Holy Spirit said something to me this morning, talking about the want, and said, why do you want it? And I could not think of one unselfish reason. 
He asked me, why do you want that thing? And I could not think of one unselfish reason for wanting it. There is a, a, a destiny purposed for you in this life. God created you with a plan to fulfill an assignment. And when he asks you, why do you want it? Why do you want to do it? Your reason better be more than you. Your reasons better be completely unselfish. Because if they're not, and it's all about you, you will miss God by a million miles. Now, is that to say that God won't give you those things? That God won't allow you to fulfill that destiny? That God won't allow you to, to, uh, to do those things? No. But when the desire for it outweighs the purpose, when the reasons are about you and not about him, when the self involved in it is not himself but yourself, you better believe we are on a sticky wicket with God. So I've spent most of this morning praying and repenting for the fact that I desired things for my own self, for almost a, a, a way of glorifying myself. That does not bring glory to him. You know, even down to what we're, we're building as a ministry, I've really had to examine my own heart this morning to ask why am I doing it? Why are we building this thing? Is everything I'm doing bringing glory to him? Or am I trying to build something that brings me notoriety? So think about it. Ask the Holy Spirit today to really speak to you about the things that you're desiring, the things that you want to do, the things you want to have, and ask why. Now, I, I, as stupid as this may sound, so I'm traveling, as you can see, I'm sitting in my hotel room, and <laughs> I, normally, uh, I normally have my suits very well pressed, but I've lost so much weight that most of my suits don't fit anymore. And uh, I'm really talking to the Lord as I was driving, because it, it, from, from where I live to the studio is, is quite some drive. It took me like six, six and a half hours to get you, and I didn't stop, but more than ten minutes during the, the, the journey. And the all the time I'm thinking, up, all the time I'm driving up, in the back of my mind is I need to sort my suits out. I've got to do something. And I'm saying things to the Lord like, you know, God, just stir somebody to, to, uh, to bless me with some new suits. Or, um, and for me, that's difficult because I'm quite a very unique size. I'm, I'm too tall and too broad in the shoulder for off-the-rack clothes. So most of the stuff that I have is either tailor-made or, or custom-made. And as I'm driving up, the Holy Spirit said to me, do you really need new suits? And I was thinking about it, thinking, no, well, actually, no, I don't. If I could find somebody that could tailor my suits, take them in where I need it done, you know, fix them up, they're still really good suits. They're, they're, they're highly, 
high quality, very expensive investments that I've made in my wardrobe because I believe a man should invest in his wardrobe. And I began to understand this morning this conversation that's been going on inside me about what I'm doing, the things that I desire to do, actually began way before last night. The Holy Spirit was literally examining me as I was driving up to the studio. Do I need new suits? No, there's nothing wrong with the suits I've got. They're just too big. Can I not find somebody? I, I mean, I've made some tiny little alterations, you know, stuck a few pins here and there to try and pull a bit of fabric in. But if I found the right person to make a permanent alteration, would they not do until I was in a position to do the thing that I want to do? Well, yes. Yes, they would. So right now, what is it that you've got that's perfectly good to be used, that fits its purpose perfectly well, that will do the job that you need it to do, but because it's not the newest thing, the latest thing, because it's not 100% right, what is it you're saying, I can't use that anymore? I can't do it with that. Job says this, and I'm, I'm going to leave you with this thought. To me, this is the most fascinating scripture in the Bible because it's the most randomly pieced verbiage in the whole of scripture as far as I'm concerned. Job says, I washed my steps with butter. Now, this is in the, the, the point in his life when he's got nothing, when he's lost everything. And Job says, I washed my steps with butter and the rock poured forth rivers of oil. So I did my research, and it turns out that in the day that Job was alive, they used to use a form of oil, almost like olive oil. Sometimes they used olive oil in the creation of what they call butter. Now, we normally use milk and, and the, the, you know, the, the, the buttermilk elements of, of all of that, and we create butter from that. But they used like an olive oil, an oil spread. And the Holy Spirit said something to me about that years ago. And what he said was, see, son, what you have in your hand is enough for right now. What you have in your hand is enough for right now. It might not get you to where you need to go in the end, in the long term. But what you have in your hand is enough for right now. Job desperately needed something to bring to, to get the oil of anointing flowing again, to, to, to bring a sacrifice. But God was showing him, son, what you have in your hand is enough right now. Yesterday I was talking about CDTV with a couple of people and talking about the things that we need, the things that we want to do. And I'm saying, though, I need this equipment. And, you know, to take things to the next level, we need this. And I, we need a studio and we need an office and all of these things. And I was reminded by the Holy Spirit. But what you have in your hand is enough for right now. It's not the next phase, but you're not in the next phase. You're in this one. So although you're preparing for the next phase, use what you've got right now. So I guess I said all of us, what I've said this morning to say that to you. What you've got in your hand right now, right now is enough.
Use what you've got right now. It may not be the final destination, but it's where you're at. Use it. And when you use it well, when you use it wisely, when you use it for him, not you, when he becomes the desire in everything that you do, not what you can get out of it, when you shift your life to live for significance, not success, God will move you swiftly to the next seasons of your life. But what you have in your hand right now is enough. Ask the Holy Spirit. Let Him deal with you every day. Let Him get inside your skin, as they say. Praise God. Cassie, I like that. A new party, because I liked it, not because I needed it. Now, see, God will give you the things that you like. God will let you have the things that you want. But He'll do it when He knows it's not about the things, it's about Him. Most people don't experience the blessings of God the way that they see they should. They don't get the things that they believe in for because their faith, their want, their desire is in the thing, not the God who gives the thing. So God never gives us those things because if He does, we're out of faith, we're out of expectation, and we're out of Him. Think about it. Oh, Keith, good to have you on, my brother. I'm not too far from you. I'm up the road in Lincoln, so not, not too not too far away from, from where you are, my brother. Hope you're all well. Give my love to the family. Brother Felipe, thank you, sir. Think about it. Today. Think about it. I, I can... I, I'm just thinking now. Yesterday, when I got here to the hotel... I wanted to kick myself. Um, Cassie, uh, let me let me finish this point. There's something I, you just said something. Uh, there's something I want to share with you about that. I I wanted to kick myself when I got to the hotel yesterday because I forgot my Garmin steamer. I've we have this little handheld device to steam suits and stuff, and I kept reminding myself to pack it. And when I left home yesterday, I realized I'd forgotten it. And I had two options. I was 30 minutes away from home, so I could do one of two things. I could turn around and go get it, or just go without it. Right? And I knew that because I've not worn my suits for so long. I mean, it's. I looked yesterday, it's 58 days since I last wore a suit. Um, you know, for in public. I've worn them at home in the studio, or worn the jackets and the trousers. Right, but I was getting really when I got you. I got really annoyed with myself because I'm thinking I really need to press my suits because they need a good press. They've not been used for so long, and the suits that I am wearing this week, which if you tune into the the, the um, broadcast, you'll see, because I've lost so much weight, they're suits I've not worn for a year or two. Maybe, well, actually, maybe longer than that. Some of them, several years, I've not worn them. Pastor Maladin, love you too, my brother. Good to have you on. So they really need, although they're clean, although they're, they're fresh, they need steaming to press, right? And I'm thinking, man, I've got my garment steamer. I can't do this properly. And, but I've got an iron here in the hotel. And, and surprisingly, unlike most hotels, a very good quality iron. So all I did was wrap a um, handkerchief 
around the ironing plate, turn the steam function on and begin to steam my suits. They hang up on the wardrobe door over there because um, my suits are too long for the wardrobe. And I found that what I had in my hand was enough to do what I needed to do right now. So, uh, Cassie, I said I was going to say, sh share something about greed. That what you're desiring wasn't greed. Let me tell you this now. We get greed missed up and mistaken. Okay, God puts the desire for more in us. From the very creation of man, the desire for more has been in us. See, Satan doesn't enter the garden and try to cause men to fall until the, 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 the ability to multiply comes up. We know that, that Satan was in the garden where Anna was there, but when God puts Eve in the garden, Satan shows up. And what we're missing in that whole story is Satan appealed to something in Eve God had put in her. What was it? The desire for more. If you eat of this fruit, you will be like God. God, uh, the, the devil, Satan, spoke to the God element in her to deceive her, to beguile her. He spoke to the desire for more. So what you, when, when we look at something and we like it, we want it. That is birthed out of a God-given desire that was in you from your birth, from your conception. Greed is not having too much. Greed is keeping for yourself what God has given you for other people. See, you may want the new pots, and I'm using that as an example, and God give you those pots, but can you take the ones that are a year old and bless somebody else with them? Because they're still perfectly good. They're still perfectly usable. When you keep both sets, that's greed. When you keep both, that's greed. When you take the new and you bless somebody with the old because they're still perfectly good, still perfectly usable, that's not greed. That's God. That's a seed. That's, that's significant, not success. Success is having all of the parts. Significance is having what you need and giving out of what you have to somebody else. Praise God. Ah, oh, see? Great minds think alike. Of the same spirit. I love that. Let me see. Brother Felipe, is it possible to see God in two different avenues of your life? My brother, you should see God in every single avenue of your life. Everything you do, you should see God in it. So yes, you can see, I, it's perfectly possible to see God in more than one avenue. More than one avenue. If you can hear a little whirring in the background, my computer, my laptop is old, so the fan is going like crazy at the moment as we live stream. Uh, it's another thing that I keep saying to the Lord, I need some, you know, when we talk about these things, there's a reason we need the technology. It's not because I want a new laptop, it's just that this one's getting, I mean, my my desktop at home that we live stream is eight years old. Uh, still does a perfectly good live stream though. See, what you have in your hand right now is enough. My laptop's perfectly good, still working, it's just old. Praise God. Why do we need them? Because it helps me do the things that I need to do for God better, more efficiently, and with less chance of breaking down. So it's not a selfish desire. Now, see, there was a point when I used to do that. If Apple launched a new phone, I had to get it. 
if Apple launched a new iPad, I had to get it, whatever it was. You know, if it was something that was I was using, when every, every time the new one came out, I had to get it. But why? Because I was not satisfied. I didn't know how to work with what I had in my hand. God will get you there. You can learn two ways. See, I, I try to share these things with you like a mentor to a protege because um, I want you to understand something. A mentor is not someone who gives you advice. A mentor is the person whose advice you follow. A mentor is not someone who gives you advice. A mentor is the person whose advice you follow. Big difference. A lot of people can give you advice and you don't you don't do anything with it and that advice is nothing more than a conversation a discussion but when someone gives you advice someone gives you counsel and you act on it that's that's a person the the bible talks about them in the multitude of counselors there is wisdom one translation says safety so i try to share from my heart and my experiences that you'll follow my advice why because i've made mistakes and i want to spare you the pain and uh, <laughs> oh, I'll send you the shopping list of what I keep asking the Lord for, Cassie. I promise you, I will send you the shopping list. Hallelujah! Ah, praise God. Well, those are my thoughts this morning. It's been good to be on with you. Uh, I like I said, I because we're not doing CDTV this week because I'm on the road. Um, I will be streaming periodically. Um, I just want to stay in touch with you and uh, so if you're watching live or watching on the replay thank you so much it's a blessing to have you on I appreciate every single one of you for taking your time um, maybe I should do a few more of these random live streams anyway not just CDTV that might be good uh, pray for me this week that uh, the Lord would really use me to to uh, to work alongside the prophet and uh, in their missions week uh, he's a man of God that I love immensely um, and I love him because he's a man of significance he and prophetess give of themselves 24 7 and I say that as someone that has witnessed it firsthand there is not a greedy bone in their bodies everything they do is a reflection of Christ and to give the Christ in them to the world so uh, we start tonight at 9 p.m. It'll be here on Facebook, YouTube, Miracle TV, Good News TV on Sky Channel 596 if you want to watch. It's on Freeview as well. Just look in the UK, Good News TV, but 9 p.m. I will post the link. And uh, uh, thank you, sir. Yeah, um, I, as, as you know, I'm no longer with EBM. Uh, I still love you all, still miss you. Think about you every day, praying for you every day, that you would continue to grow and expand. The Lord has seen fit to um, make our journeys continue alongside each other, but in a more diverse direction to each other. And um, I, I still love Bishop Neil and, and the EBM family, all very much a part of my life. Um, so when you speak to the, to the, the family of faith, the, the leaders from EBM, on the next call please please extend my love and my greetings to them all and uh, tell them I'm praying for them and uh, I charge you with that my brother so praise God anyway you have a blessed day I'm gonna pop off I'm gonna try and take a little rest and begin preparing my heart and myself for tonight 
on the live stream and the broadcast. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Um, I'll be looking for you. I will post the link like I did last night on my uh, Facebook and uh, Twitter page for you to follow. Um, but keep watching out. I'll be back probably tomorrow or Thursday. Um, haven't decided. So uh, we'll, we'll see. Maybe I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm toying with the idea. And this is something that I have to get used to of when I'm traveling like this. Um, maybe coming or just jumping on once a day and doing some little live stream or something for you or some little videos or whatever. Um, one of the things I desperately need is someone to travel with me. I really need a, somebody with me, you know, not just to help with the, the traveling, but certainly to help me with the driving of things. Um, yesterday I was very, very tired when I got here, but I'm thankful I had time to rest before we did the broadcast. So pray for me for that. I really need somebody with me when I'm traveling. Uh, I've traveled on my own for 29 years almost. I, I say 29, it's 29 in November. I've traveled on my own for 29 years. Uh, the Lord's really been speaking to me about not doing it anymore, about making sure that I don't travel alone. So this is one thing that we're praying into and praying for. There are people that want to travel with me, um, and I'm praying that the Holy Spirit would show me the right person. Uh, and for those of you that are in ministry, I would urge you not to travel alone because you have no idea of the attacks that come against you when you're on your own and the struggles you go through on your own. Even yesterday, just just as stupid as this was, just bringing luggage in to the hotel when you're tired is fatiguing. Whereas, you know, if you're splitting the traveling or splitting the driving or whatever it is, however you're going to travel, having somebody with you makes a huge difference. It really does. Um, and you need somebody that, for you that are in ministry traveling, you need somebody that can really help you you know it's not somebody just sitting there to be with you you need somebody to help you so i'm really on the hunt now don't think i'm accepting cvs i'm not this is not a this is not a duo choice this is a following the leading of the holy spirit choice who is the right person that god wants to to travel with me because that is a huge responsibility both physically and spiritually and we should never take that lightly we really shouldn't. So, anyway, I love you. I'll see you all soon. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, stay safe. Stay blessed. Uh, I'm not going to use the term stay indoors. That's ridiculous. We, it, we, it's about time we stop living in fear of this COVID-19 thing. The virus is real. I accept that. The fear around it is not. I refuse to accept that. Yes, I have to wear a mask to go places and we go, look, there's my mask. But hmm, I'm not going to fear this unseen killer, as they're calling it. It's a virus. Yes, I don't deny the reality of it and I don't deny that it's caused all manner of havoc. But I'm not going to live my life in fear. Otherwise, like Job said, the fear that I have feared the most has come upon me. I'm not going to create that in my life. I could get into a whole argument about it, but let's not. Let's just move on, and I will see you all soon. Have a blessed day. Love you. Thank you so much. Share this with your friends. I hope it's been a blessing. Cassie, 
Thank you for praying for me whilst I'm away. Pastor Maladin, Pastor Ronnie, Elder Felipe, everybody that's watching. Uh, we love you. We're so thankful. Keith, so good to have you on. Pastor Massey, I assume, in, in uh, Pakistan. Bless you, sir. Brother Donald, wonderful. Pastor Ronnie, love you, love you, love you. Give my love to the family. I will see you all soon.